friends, welcome to Buddy Time Podcast. I am Sin. Each week, me and my two buddies, Victor and Name, we gather to discuss and share our thoughts on different topics that relate to young adults in Thailand. You'll hear interesting real-life stories and experiences that may inspire you and enrich your life. So join us for some chats. This is a Buddy Time Podcast from Me Goody of Buddy Up. Hi, my friends. This is Buddy Time Podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Sin. So last week, me and Nam we try out this cocology test, which is a test to help us discover some of our hidden personality. But actually, there are more. Theories or personality types that we can talk about. So today, me and Name, we will discuss the big five personality traits that are quite common, I would say. So maybe Name, you can explain to us what are these five personality traits. Okay, so as Sin has mentioned, actually there are many, many theories to explain personalities and. Traits that an individual could have, but some of it could be very complicated, or some of it could be like too much to talk about. Because you know, there's a theory of mentioning about four thousand personality traits, and because of that, today we're going to choose the theory by D. W. Face called the the Big Five personality. So, what are they? Let me explain a little bit about that first. So, psychologists they believe that there are five basic dimensions of personality that kind of serve as a building block. So, each of us could have these five personalities, some more or some less, and each of these come together like a puzzle and make us into an individual person with this kind of personality. And the five. Traits are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And we'll discuss about that one by one. So, with these big five personality traits, to me, it sounds like if we know the perfect ingredients to how much each personality trait we have for ourselves, seems like we can become. A perfect person, you know what I mean? Like, like imagine, let's say God or somebody who's trying to develop a a human being, a person, and they're like, okay, this person, you can have this much of openness, and you can have this much of extraversion, and maybe a little less introversion. So it's like trying to balance the perfect ingredients to make this person into almost. A hundred percent perfect human being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So each of the trait or factors is just like um a range between two extreme, like like what you said. You know, extroversions and introversions. So it's about you know you finding where you are on that spectrum, and where when you know where you are, you know you would know where you want to improve or how you could improve. Or even if you don't want to change that, then it helps you kind of like accept who you really are, and yeah. So it's just a matter of 
how you want to improve, who you want to be, and if you can accept the person that you are or not. I think. So, what is the first personality trait again? Openness. Yes. So for openness, I think a lot of you could guess it already because it's just like the name suggests. It's how open-minded a person could be. A person who has high openness might be someone who is very um, imaginative or very curious about things and always searching for new things and trying new things. So other example would be like high score of openness could be very creative. By the way, I'm taking this from an article on an internet, and we will provide the link to the original version in the description. And next to um, being very creative is you know you're very focused on tackling new challenges and you're happy to think about abstract concepts. And on the contrary, people who have Low score of openness may maybe they would like they would be someone who don't like changes they don't enjoy new things they resist new ideas they're not very imaginative or they just don't really like something that is very abstract or complicated. So, can we say those with higher openness tend to be those who are into more artistic feel or maybe? Creative field, but when we talk about creative field, it's actually quite a wide field. So I'm trying to think who are the people who tend to have a higher level of openness, or does it really matter? In my opinion, I think it doesn't really have to do with like art being artistic. Um, you could be creative, but you know, in different other ways. For example, creative in finding solutions to the problem. And I think you don't need to have all of these factors to be considered as uh, someone who is open, because, like I said, like it, you know, it depends on where where you are on the spectrum. You could have high level of openness, even if, like, maybe you have, you're not very creative, but then maybe you're very very open to changes. So that kind of like compensate to that. Like for me, if I have to put myself. On the spectrum, I would say like maybe in the middle, but slightly leaning towards the um, the open open side because I like you know reading about different concepts. I'm very open to um learning new things and reading about you know new theories and concepts. But do I like to try new challenges or try new things? Not always. I mean, I love to you know going on an adventure, but Not every time, like I don't jump onto, into like every chances that I have. Yeah. What about you? Where do you think you are? Well, I would definitely put myself leaning towards the higher openness side because most of the time I find myself getting interested into new ideas or new hobbies or new activities, and I love to hear new ideas from other people as well. Whether or not I will agree with them, but I always find it interesting to hear new ideas from or new opinions from other people, and I prefer to work in a way that we will always feel new and fresh in our work and be inspired by our daily experiences or stories, so that in a way we can become more creative. 
at the same time, I'm also thinking: Will we become less open as we grow older? Because, like you explain, those with lower openness, they don't like to change. They don't enjoy new things. They resist new ideas and maybe not very imaginative. To me, this type of people, they are usually those who are very used to their life already. They are very comfortable with who they are already. That's why they may think that they don't need to, you know, have these new changes into their life. You get what I mean. So as we live longer and gain more experiences, will we become less open as well? Because we became very comfortable to the extent that I don't think I need to change anymore. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see for that. But then again, you know, being low on this spectrum doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, right? It depends on. Where you are in life, like at what stage you are, and if you're comfortable with that or not. I mean, if you want to change and improve and be more open, then good. But if you're okay with you know being where you are and comfortable with having no change, then there's nothing wrong with that too. But then I I feel like it could be possible if you know maybe if if you live your life a lot already that you're at the point where you're so comfortable and you don't feel like you need. Any changes? Then it doesn't mean that like you're not open anymore. Make because you know being open can also mean like you're being open to new ideas. So maybe you're in a place where, okay, I don't want to change, but you still like to read. You still like to explore through books and you know explore through different theories and concepts. So I think that for me, in my opinion, that is. Still considered as being open. Well, I guess as the world keeps on changing, and especially how fast the world changes nowadays, I think having a higher level of openness maybe it's easier for you to adapt to this new way of living as well, so that we can keep up with whatever is happening. Anyways, how about the second? Personality trait. So the second personality trait is conscientiousness. So this is like you know it's about control. So people with high conscientiousness would be someone who is very self-disciplined, someone with high level of self-control, and they are very goal-oriented or goal-directed. For example. People who score high in this factor would be someone who like to spend time preparing for things, someone who finishes important tasks right away, or those who pay attention to detail and enjoy having a set schedule. And for those who might be having a low score, would be someone who dislikes structures and schedules, or someone who. Doesn't care much about you know things and being organized, and maybe like a very good example is when you borrow something and then you forgot to return it, or someone who procrastinate and didn't complete necessary task or assigned task. You know, 
first I would have to say this word is very difficult to pronounce for me. It's called conscientiousness. Okay, so the way I understand this word is people with a higher responsibility, if I may say, and I feel like they can be a very good planner as they know what they want to do and when. Should they do their task? Because, like you said, they don't really procrastinate, so they probably have a very high self control of themselves, and they probably know how to arrange their personal time, right? And I, I'm sure a lot of us will agree with me about procrastinate. I think this is one of the hardest thing to overcome. It's so hard to not procrastinate when you have no motivation to do some of the most boring tasks, you know. So just one of these thing, it's already a difficult task for me to to handle. So I think with higher self control, maybe they will not procrastinate as much. But again, like sometimes you just don't feel like. Doing something, you are just so unmotivated. So, how do you overcome this procrastinate thing? Right, I understand that if you are really passionate about something, if you really love to do something, for example, myself, if I am really into doing something, yes, I will put my whole heart into it. I can work on it for not twenty four hours, but twelve hours at least. But then, still, there are times that you will feel like I just want to rest. You know what I mean? Like, what I'm wondering is, do you think people with higher conscientiousness they also have those times where they just cannot handle their schedule or fail to do their task? Well, actually, I think it's very normal to you know feel lazy and procrastinate. I don't think I know any person who. Hasn't procrastinate once in their life, and it's just a matter of if you know how to control yourself or if you know how to, you know, push through it. And I think this is where this conscientiousness come into play. Like, how do you deal with it? Like, when when you procrastinate, do you have enough self control to push yourself to start working on something? Or actually, it might be. A way that you try to solve procrastination, you know, by、um, having a set schedule for you to follow. For me, I like to plan, make plans. I like to, you know, prepare stuff before I do something. But it doesn't mean that I, I, I could follow, follow it through one hundred percent. You know, like sometimes I try to have self control. And I make plans to help me control myself. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I think this trait is something that could be beneficial if you know where you are. So first, you know what kind of career that might works for you, and second, you would know how to improve yourself because if you read through um some of the things that people with high consciousness. Do then you can just you know follow that thing and maybe it could help you with your daily schedules and with your laziness. Thinking about myself, most of the time I would say I do enjoy planning ahead 
But like you said, sometimes I also fail to follow what I plan a hundred percent because I feel like if I have a fixed schedule and I have to follow this fixed schedule, sometimes I will feel very restricted. You know what I mean? Like you have limited yourself with a set of tasks, and somehow. It kind of affects how I imagine things would happen, or how I let things happen. It's more like I will feel more freedom and more inspiration if I don't follow a hundred percent fixed schedule. Which means, yes, I can prepare the plans, but the plan for me is just like an overall structure. You know, like I. Don't really follow it through all the way, so I'm not sure if we can consider this as a high or low conscientiousness. Oh, I think I can relate with with you for that. Like, maybe we are somewhere um in the middle, leaning toward you know having a little bit more self control. But I kind of understand you because, like you, I like to plan things just for you know for for me to have like. A structure or like a guideline, so that I know what are the things that I have I have to do in each day. But I think we both like a little bit of the spontaneity. I would say. Let's move on to the next factor, with it, which is extroversion. So, of course, the other end of The scale would be introversion, and、uh, a lot of us know a little bit about this already. So extroversion is someone who could be very、um, social, very talkative, assertive, or they could be someone who is very expressive with their emotions. And for those who are an introvert or have higher level of introversion,、um, so these People would be more reserved, and they might they might feel like you know spending time outside with people or being in like you know social in the social setting could take a lot of energy from them. Yeah, so it's like how these people recharge their energy is different. Extrovert recharge their energy by being. Among people, but introverted people recharge themselves by being alone. I think both of us we kind of consider ourselves as ambivert, right? So it's in between of extroversion and introversion. And I think this is quite a big topic when we talk about extroverted and introverted people. And I believe that people from both ends. Will have their own opinions about their own personality. In my own opinion, I quite enjoy being in between, like not too much of an extroverted person and not too much of an introverted person. And sometimes I feel like being able to switch between the two quite handy, especially when you have to go out for social life. Yeah, so that's how I would like to put myself, just in between, extrovert and introvert. So I pretty much enjoy being an ambivert. How about you? To me, you're more like 
an introvert, like leaning towards introvert, even though I know you consider yourself as ambivert, right? So if you can choose this ingredient where you can, you know, make yourself more extrovert or introvert, where would you like to put yourself? First, if I have to say, not choose yet, like say where I am, I would say I'm leaning more towards the introversion type of people. Like an, I'm an introvert, but maybe not through and through because you know actually this is a very big topic. Like there are different kind of um different types of introverts. Yeah, but that will be like another story. So to make it more simple to understand, then maybe I would be like an ambivert, but leaning more towards introverted. Yeah, because I I prefer to you know being in solitude when I feel like. I want to regain or recharge the energy, but I also enjoy having conversations with people. You know, learning and discovering new things and new ideas just by talking to people who have a different background. Yeah, but if you ask me if I want to improve, then of course I I want to improve some some bits of it, like. I mean, it's not like I'm not happy about being an introverted per- person. Like I am happy, actually. I don't feel anything wrong with being a little bit more introverted. But if I have to change, I think maybe I would want myself to feel more enjoy being in big social settings, just because I felt like being in, you know. Big social settings with a lot of people would actually give me an opportunity to meet new people and learn more from them more than I am right now. Yeah, you're right about there is nothing wrong about being a more introverted person, and I actually think that people who are more introverted are very thoughtful in a way, like they just have so many ideas going on. In their mind, but they might just not have the right channel to express themselves yet, or they haven't found a comfortable way to share their opinions or ideas. But once they found a way to share what they have in their mind, I am sure, like most of us, will be fascinated by how. Creative or how thoughtful or how smart their ideas are. So I really enjoy being friends with introverted people. You know, <laughs> yeah. How about the next personality trait? So the fourth one is agreeableness. So people who are high in agreeableness would be someone who more cooperative, whereas someone who has low score in this trait would be someone that might be like you know very competitive or like even manipulative because they place high importance in in their own interests or thoughts. Let's look at some of the example given in the article. For high score of agreeableness, that person would have a great deal of interest in other people. They cares about others, and they're very empathetic. They enjoy helping 
people, making people happy, and you know, just assisting people. On the contrary, people with low score would be someone who takes、uh, very little interest in others, and they doesn't care much about how others feel, and they're not very interested in other people's problem. Yeah. And they could be manipulative, you know, like trying to get what they want. You know, the examples of this agreeableness makes me think that sometimes we tend to be too cooperative. You know what I mean? In my opinion, we have to know where our bottom line is. If you don't feel Comfortable being around some people, or if you really don't feel like saying yes to some request, then just politely reject that. It's okay to not be overly cooperative. Sometimes, agree. I think this is where, like you know, having too high score is not really good. At least in my opinion, like you have to balance it out. You have to learn to say no, and don't sell sell yourself short. For example, if if you have an idea and you know that idea would work, and it's better than the other ideas, but you don't have to like agree and just go along with what other people think. I mean, or at least um stand up for yourself and at least let people know what you think. I mean, there, there, there are some situations where it's good for you to be cooperative, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Assisting people is good, but if you keep helping other people every time, and then you start to neglect yourself, your need, then that's not good, and you have to be careful because you know people might take advantage of you. Yeah, you're very right about that. Well, I think in the end, it's mostly about. Being honest with yourself and stay true to yourself. Listen to what you really want. So if you feel like it's okay to agree to whatever other people is requesting, and that you don't feel uncomfortable, then maybe that's okay to go ahead and be cooperative, go along with what other people say. But if You are already feeling that this is not right for you. Like your heart is literally telling you, you don't feel good about this. Then just walk away or politely reject it. Just don't force yourself to be this agreeable person all the time. Otherwise, you know what will happen. You will just end up being a very unhappy person. You know, right? So let's move on to. The last personality trait. Then this term is also a very new term to me, which is neuroticism. Yeah, what what is it about? So I would say this is one of the three, but it would be good if you have a low score in this. I mean, neuroticism would be you know if someone who score high in this. Area. It means that you are someone who have like mood swing, and you have like a lot of 
anxiety, like you have emotional instability. And for those who score low in this trait, then you're you're tend to be more more stable. And you you're more resilient when it comes to you know emotional stuff. So to make it more easy to understand, I'll just read the example given in an article. So if you have low neuroticism, you're emotionally stable. You could deal with stress very well, and you rarely get depressed or feel sad and. You have less um worry, like you don't worry much about stuff. Like you're kind of like a relaxed person. And for those who score high, would be the opposite of that. So you you feel anxious, then you get stressed very easily. You get upset quite easily. You struggle when when you have to deal with stress. Yeah, and then you tend to worry about many things. Feels like. People who are optimistic are leaning towards the lower end, right? Because to me, optimist people are quite, you know, relaxed in a way. They don't seem like they worry so much about many things. If I were to say, I used to be in the higher end, but not as much. But for now, I would definitely put myself leaning towards the lower end because. I find myself mostly emotionally stable. I do get stressed and I do feel depressed at times, but somehow I just feel like I can control my emotion in a better way and to see things in a light-hearted way. If you get what I mean, so I do feel sad and depressed. Okay, I'm not. I'm not someone who who does not feel things. In fact, I feel things very deeply if I I want to. I think it comes back to how much I am able to control my emotion when things come up, and I just want to say that it takes time for us to build the strength to be emotionally stable, especially when you're facing something that once impact you. Or trigger your emotion right away. It takes time and process, but once you strengthen your heart for that, then you're a superman. I would say, or superwoman. I think people who might have a high score in this trait might be someone who is like a perfectionist or、um, someone who is very self-critical. Not that. They're not doing good, but they just they just have too much um expectation, or they just put too much pressure on themselves when they are actually doing great. And yeah, so you know, like they worry a lot about things. For me, I'm a very emotional person. Like it's very easy for me to feel things. Like I'm very fast when it comes to emotion. Like I cry. You know, like I was in the movie theater watching a comedy movie, but I cry because <laughs> I just pick up um different things from like you know other people there, and it's okay to be emotional. But the thing is, how you 
work with your emotions and that is something that i'm working on and just like since it's it's actually a learning process you know it takes time for you to learn and actually not just that it takes time for you to learn and experiment which method work best for you yeah and i feel like these five personality traits or these five factors are actually like influenced by many external factors like your environment or where you are or how you live or the people you're surrounded with and you know at what stage you are in life yeah needless to say that our personality changes over time especially when we have improved ourselves already so we become someone better I think one of the way for us to get to know ourselves more in order for us to improve ourselves in terms of personality is definitely to reflect on yourself. Take a look at your own personality. Face your own emotions. Find ways to study yourself so that you can understand which part you may need more improvement and which part you may want to balance it out a bit so that you don't get too affected by the external world and focus more in yourself. Yeah, I agree that personality could change over time. So I think it's very important to, you know, revisit and read about this stuff. So you get to know more about yourself and know who you are and or how you behave at that moment in time. And actually, you know, these traits you know it doesn't have to always occur together or you know there might be one overpowering the other so just like us like we're not experts and we're not saying that everything we say here is like correct or true but i think it's it's a good thing that we we learn and discuss about this um together because you know it just give you an opportunity or give us an opportunity to look inside ourselves you know and see or even like give us a push for further research about ourselves well for personality this is quite a big word to me you know like human beings are so complicated that there can be maybe a hundred a thousand type of personality but the theories are just grouping them in a very general way. That's how I see it. So yeah, like you said, it's definitely beneficial to get to know a bit more about this personality and that personality, whether or not it's for your self-improvement or for making friends with others. So you get to know, okay, this type of people, they have a very similar personality as you. So maybe you guys can get along well with each other but it doesn't mean that if you have a totally different personality you cannot be friends that's not a hundred percent true right sometimes an extrovert can be best friends with an introvert in different circumstances so it's very hard to say that which personality is better than the other one the main point here is to discover our own personality and understand more about yourself first maybe is a good way to start and if you're interested into reading more about different personality traits feel free to click into the link provided in our description so thank you for listening to us today 
We hope you get some insights about personality traits, at least a little, from us today. And if you have any suggestions or ideas about anything, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at migudi t h m e g o o d y t h. Hope you will join us again next Thursday. Until then, have a great day.